This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that drank in a pub named after Brana Ivanovic on Saturday. Now, it's not just the fact that we haven't lost to Arsenal or even conceded a goal to them for what seems like an eternity. It's not even that we lost a game of football. That happens. It's the manner of a defeat which makes us feel like a million miles away from the team we saw bully Arsenal on a regular basis. One has to feel sorry for Antonio Conte, and not just for the fact that these players are giving him sleepless nights. Do they need to take a long, hard look at themselves? Or are they simply just not good enough? I'm minded of an old Sex Pistols song. Problem, problem, problem. The problem is you. What are you going to do? Now, what we're going to do on the show tonight, of course, I am Stanford Chidge, and... Uh, it's kind of lovely to be here because, boy, do I need a bit of therapy. Uh, but the title of tonight's show is The Chelsea Fancast Indefensible. Uh, and I have, at the moment, uh, we're not quite core it, really, because we're, of course, waiting for Jonathan Kidd to deal with the technology, which we're failing miserably so to do, but I'll try and get him on in a sec. Uh, but I do have with me um, a buddy who I, I... I think Dan and I had a sense, actually. Dan Silver and I had a sense on Saturday because in the pub beforehand the one that was in fact named after Branner Ivanovic. Um, we, we we hit the Jaeger bombs early, didn't we, Dan? Yeah, we did. I think it's before the three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, to be honest, I think Martin Wickham could be to blame for that. We want to kind of like, you know, involve ourselves with all the blames. But it was, it was a really nice pub, nice crowd of people before the match. Just went tits up at 5.30, didn't it? Well, indeed it did. Indeed it did. What a, what a huge, massive... 
shame that was as well. It really, it really did actually. I mean, actually, the fact, the great thing was that rather than Liverpool going where I went home and, and sulked, uh, I, I luckily went out with uh, with Martin and Pablo and Cunal, and we hit more Guinness and we hit more Jaeger bombs, and I think that actually hopefully did the trick because I felt a lot better after. Now, somebody I didn't manage to see on uh, on Saturday, of course, is the lovely Clayton Beerman, who I've not seen for ages actually, mate. How are you? Very well. How are you? Yeah, well, well I'm. You are. You're, you're, you're frustrated. You have a lot of, you know, stuff you need to get out this evening, and by all means, get it out, some. Get it out. I think so. I do. I do. I'm really stressed, actually. I've got a really bad back. Um, I'm really tired because I've just been working like a dog for weeks. I'm off on holiday on Wednesday, uh, and I and I haven't even packed yet because just haven't had any time. So yeah, I'm. 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 Um, yes, my anger, which is already there, is being compounded by Chelsea and uh, Jonathan Kidd's failure to use the technology. I will try and get him in in a minute, folks. But before we do, I'll uh, I'll get on with the um, the uh, the usual bits of the show, which are tonight. We're going to be asking: Is this the end of Chelsea as we knew it? And more to the point, is it the end for Branner, Cahill, and Matic? Uh, we'll also be revealing the winners and the utter disgraces, and that, I'm afraid, this week is certainly me in the Chelsea Fancast Fangio results. And in part two, we'll be looking at Chelsea's other problem children, namely Courtois, Hazard, Fabregas, and the lone wolf, Diego Costa. Uh, in part three, we'll be asking whether there is any sympathy for the Don. Are we as a club reaping bad management decisions sown by the board over the last few years? And where do we go from here? In part four, we have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporters' news, together with a bumper crop of emails. And I mean, I say a bumper crop. I mean, there's there's a very very long email, but it is it is a it is a thing of beauty, and therefore absolutely has to be read out. Uh, so there we go. So you might have to bear with us for that one. You can always bugger off in part three, and you won't have to hear it, will you? Anyway, uh, don't forget, of course, as always, you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock. Uh, by going to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Uh, and of course, you can also tweet us at Chelsea fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the games or anything else Chelsea related. And of course, we've got loads of people in the jolly old chat room as we speak, I believe. I'm just trying to see who they are. Uh, we've got, uh, well, uh, we've got, I can see we've got Matt Chaz, Dan Lundberg, Bob Ray, John Ch- Chiverton, uh, Tony Glover's in there, Gary Wilson, who actually said... Gary Kay on the defence hit the bombs too early as well. Mm. Oh, well, there you go. I think I think it was I think yeah. quite a necessary thing, Dan. Right now, look after this uh, little bit of stingage, we will be back to talk about that horrible car crash of a football match we had to witness on Saturday. We will see. We will see you again in a minute. <laughs> Good to have you here, mate. It really is. And before I get Thank on with the rest of the show, um, how was the uh, how was the Rudy V's gig last week? Oh, thank you for asking. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good, They're really very funny and everybody came out and said, oh, you're great. Oh, it's really good. So if anybody gets the opportunity to come and see us, please do. God, bloody there hell. We go. It's going really well. Thank you. I'm going to slightly revamp, revamp my website. Thanks for asking. Good stuff. No, it's not. It was, it's nice to have you back. I mean, it all it all went. Um, I mean, I think we I think we should uh, 
you know, uh, air this publicly because the last time we spoke it was a bit fraught because technology was letting us down. And, very uh, there's, there's, well, there's a, there's I, bec- a, there's, I became there's a strange a... water water man, didn't I? I became well, <laughs> you, you, well, you did. You you went all Norman Collier, and then then I mean, I was frustrated, and you were frustrated. But there are a lot of there's a lot of been a lot of rumor on Mixler and and Twitter and stuff about the fact that um, you and I had fallen out. Whereas I I, I kind of thought maybe forty percent of you had fallen out with me, whereas sixty percent of you was more frustrated <laughs> with the technology. <laughs> I could never fall out with you, Chidge. I know. That's what I told them. I said I still love him like a brother, and it was just the technology. <laughs> Jonathan, it's lovely to have you back and to hear your dulcet tones on the show. Now, let's get on with talking about some football. Um, we, we kind of tabled this bit, as you may know if you've seen the script, Jonathan. Uh, is this the end of the Chelsea as we know it? And I, and I, and I, and I, and I, I mean, really, uh, I mean, I've called the show indefensible. I, I think a more apt title is it's hard to find, but... Just to kind of summarise the paucity of defending that I witnessed, I thought that we were wide open when Arsenal countered. We were too deep when Arsenal were in possession. We were nervous when Arsenal pressed us high and we were meek without possession. But I think when I say, is this the end of the Chelsea as we know it? You know, when when you get out bullied by Arsenal, uh, you know, having watched us bully them for the last 10 years, you know that the game is up, don't you, JK? Things are bad. Um, That's um, right. Well... I was I was present, and um, uh, the mood of the uh, supporters watching was not a good one. Um, but uh, uh, it was absolutely dire, um, and everybody performed as direly as we thought they could possibly do so on that day, and uh, um, uh, particularly the defence. But I felt that midfield was ineffective as well. And uh, poor old Costa was doing his best, but was very well marshaled. I mean, let's not take anything away from from the Gooners. They actually played the best they've played for ages. But the reason they played the best was because we let them play, play because we didn't put any pressure on them. And we looked slow, gutless and without any kind of plan whatsoever. And every failing that every player could possibly have, they had. So Ivanovic, there was one terrible moment where Ivanovic attempted to kick the ball in I don't know what he was doing and he managed to kick it into our own penalty area from from the right hand side you just thought this is not worse than schoolboy it's panic mm. it's uh, it's you know I'm, I, I won't, you know I won't go on about it and David Louis poor chap just becomes man who boots ball up pitch as opposed to uh, man who's creative at all and they didn't have any clue of how to deal with Arsenal and uh, mm. You know, I mean, and I'm afraid our goalkeeper is a completely lost cause. When the first goal was created, when when Cahill made the mistake, he stayed rooted to his line because he's clearly um, scared of coming out in case he fouls somebody. Um, mm. and, and similarly, at the end, he refused to come out for the ball when Cahill had a go at him. If you remember that yeah. moment? Which, which yeah, I do. Place. I do. I mean, I, I could go on and just, just give everybody else a go because I mean, oh, I know right. it was it was it was so awful. And I have to okay. say just one last thing. I, I, I think I think he, uh, Conte will be sacked in November. Okay, so they're all done. That's what I see. This is you see. I've decided to completely change the way that we do the show. You see, because I've now decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm always going to throw <laughs> to Jonathan first, because rather than me doing an introduction, I just think it's much better if Jonathan, because he does. You have this rare gift, J.K. To summarise the entire show and script in your first <laughs> missive. But okay, then part so of probably... me feel that I've let you down though, Chidge, because I've I've no. gone through 
script. I've gone through your script and just gone. Oh, I'm, you know, I've talked about everything. But yes, no, it's no, like no, a kind because... of synthesis of what the of what it would be. Uh, and I have to say, because one last thing, I, I was very disappointed with the crowd around me, because where I know you, guys were, were playing dre- dreadfully. But come on, let's not just do these really hackneyed. You know, this is a library, uh, three nil, and you still don't sing. Let's get behind the team, for goodness sake. And this other one, which I posted, was, you know, Champions League, best champion in London, you'll never win that. Well, uh, all right, you've sung it wonderfully, but come on, let's find another way of expressing ourselves that isn't anti. Let's get behind the team. Well, just, you know, come on, Chelsea. Hello, hello, we are the Chelsea boys. Stuff that is positive, stuff that isn't just this kind of whingy. uh, And then the final one was, you know, um, we're we're shit and we know we are. I mean, well, come that's, on, that's unforgivable. That's very West Ham. Yeah, and then booing, and then the booing, then yeah, the booing. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. God's anyway, sake. Mark, Mark Barfer on Mixler just made a really good point, and actually kind of picking up on what you're saying, Jonathan. He says, as 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 a fan, the very worst bit of the day was the inexcusable way in which loads of our fans melted away before the end. That yes. made me feel sick. It's easy for us yes. to enjoy singing. Uh, when we're winning in the past 60 minutes and it's time to go home but when the chips are down that's when you should stand to be counted all the more how can we criticize that only louise dave i i, I agree with you mark now dan right now we've done the entire show summary with jonathan which i do think is i think it's the future i do i think it is the future because it because you think i'm cross with you but i'm not i'm learning to be in a very buddhist place about it you see so there you go but dan just just to pick up on 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 where we need to go with this which uh, you know, I mean, the defence was shit. We we could spend the next uh, three days, let alone two hours, talking about why the defence was shit, Dan. But I, I, as I said, I think really what hurt me most was was just the meek way in which we played. The fact that it was Arsenal that harried us and pressed us high. It was Arsenal who got their foot to the ball first. We were just pussy-like, and it really hurt, Dan. God, yeah, really hurt. I mean, it's almost like roles reversed. I mean... Graham Sooness called them a team of son-in-laws, Arsenal. We just let no flight, no design, no heart. None of the big players stood up to play. Cahill just crumbled straight away. As soon as he made the mistake, he, he was miles off it. We, we just don't know what we're doing. The, the, the defensive line, because where I was sitting, I was kind of in line with where the back four should be. Our defensive line was all over the place. It had no shape, no structure. There's no communication. And as Jonathan said, you know, Thibaut should have come out and made himself big. And you know now the angle for um, for Sanchez. We did Dan, as 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 Czech did at the end for Batshuayi. That was exactly. the proper goalkeeping. That's how you say. And then yeah, so we didn't really recover. We were two down before we know it, and that was pretty much game over. And the third goal, how much space did Ozil and was it Walcott with the one two? I mean, he had the whole of the bloody penalty area to put the ball because in there. Cahill Cahill stood in the middle of the pitch, middle of the penalty area. He didn't also, go for Ozil at all. What on know, earth was he doing? And the other thing it gets me is because where Ivanovic was nowhere, was it William on the top? William wasn't tracking back either. So there, there must have been about 30 yards of space. I just had time to control it and put it into the net without any challenges. Walcott's goal, Walcott's goal, no one's in the middle making you no know, clearance. I think as soon as made a point the other week, if JT's the team, that second goal doesn't go in because JT's going to you know, read the game. We are so reliant on a fit John Terry. It begs belief he really has not got more than this season left in it because even a great JT is not the player he was. No. So well, Clayton, I mean, you know, try and make some sense of all of this. I mean, I, I, I mean, do you want to add to any of that at all before I go on to the next point? 
No, I thought we played really well, actually. That's uh, <laughs> sort of what I'm saying. I'm getting scared of them. Getting scared, aren't you? I, I think that um, the thing that's troubling me the most is that when we played against West Ham, one of the things that we thought was absolutely brilliant was the fact that we pressed and we had. Yeah. And, and, and okay, yeah. West Ham were not, well, we know what they're, they're, they're even worse than us. But they, they didn't have any time on the ball. We had two or three men around them the whole time. And that was, what, a month ago? Six yes. weeks ago? And you look at that team on Saturday, they, they were shell-shocked. They were absolutely shell-shocked. They, they, they played in the same way they played against Liverpool in the first half. Um, whether we are not preparing them correctly or they have already stopped listening to the manager, I don't know. But I said something last year and everybody said, you're mad and it will never happen and it couldn't happen. And I said, get rid of the players and keep the manager. And I was right. The play, the play, you know, you look at that team on Saturday and seven, I think it's seven or eight of that team played against Arsenal last year and won. So you tell me. I mean, they, they just, they pick and choose when they play. I, you know, I've said it on here. I was absolutely fuming after the Tottenham game at home. Really fuming. Everybody else was delighted that we stopped them winning the league. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a given. But all those players who'd done absolutely diddly squat decided, oh, we'll, we'll play for 45 minutes. That, you know, th this is on the players. This is on the players. I don't care if they want to say that. I mean, well, I don't know if we're we will even mention that Branner comment yesterday. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, it, it beggars belief. I mean, a lot of those players are shell shocked. A lot of those players aren't good enough. Um, so it's time we started ripping things up and starting. Again. Well, on, on that point, mate, just to move it on a, a, a tad, because, uh, you know, that's my next item on the list. I was very interesting. Actually, I was listening to Cundy uh, yesterday on his kind of Sunday show that he did with, with Darren Lewis. And, Cundy, I mean, he went into full Chelsea fancast rant mode, actually. It was quite funny. Um, but he was basically saying that, you know, that half the team don't want to be there and the, the other half are just not good enough. And, uh, you know, it occurs to me that the top of that list, and I, and I do hate to say this because, I, I mean, you know, like a lot of the people who are in Mixilla tonight, a lot of people that I go and drink with, you know, I don't like coating the players off. I believe that, you know, our job is to support... Um, but I do think we need to face some very, very stark facts here. And the, I'll start with Branner. And I've loved Branner forever. And I think he's been an absolute servant for Chelsea. But there are people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who have never kicked a football in their life that can tell that he is on the downward slide. And he's simply <laughs> just not good enough. Uh, I'm afraid this... I mean, I've been a monster, a monster, 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 to to quote Eric, Eric, Eric Monster, whatever his name was. A monster, monster supporter of Gary Cahill. I mean, he's not the best uh, defender we've ever had, but he can do a job. I mean, for fuck's sake, he's won a Champions League bloody winner's medal and a Euro... I mean, you know, he's won the lot at Chelsea. But, you know, without JT, he, he, he just looks like a rabbit caught in the headlights. And, and, the, and I think Dan was right. I mean, the minute he made that mistake, he went to pieces. And I just don't think he's a leader. And... and uh, he's not good enough. And then there's Matic. Uh, you know, God knows what, what, what 
you know, Matic was smoking the year we won the title because I think I think it's I think his body, you know, his spirit's been taken away by aliens, and he's been implanted with somebody who was as good as I was because I I mean you know I I couldn't do a worse job. So those three there were similarities. Starters. I watched actually and thought that's Chidge out there. You're absolutely yeah, right. I was watching yeah. that. Yeah. Can I yeah. Chidge? Can I just say something? Um, I think one of the problems, and it's it's highlighting the difficulties that both uh, Branner and Cahill are happening, is that because, and I know we're going to come on to this, because we didn't get the players in. Yeah, what I'm going to say is that basically one of the problems with these guys is that they are being asked to play in a way that they can't. It's not in them to play that way. Conte wants them to play in a certain way, and unfortunately, they just can't do it. And rather than Conte saying, OK, I accept that, we'll go back to this, that and the other, he is persevering and he's trying and saying, OK, fine, you can't do it. I'm still going to have a, you know, I'm going to hold out hope that you can do it. And they can't. And, and yeah, other I think teams... Clayton, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. I think that's a very shrewd observation. And I think no wonder Conte's sitting there going, I, I can't understand why this isn't happening because... You know, I don't think he's ever faced this before because usually, uh, you know, he can impart his way of playing onto the players that he has. But I think this is half of the problem. We will go into this in a lot more depth, I think, in part three in terms of the mismanagement of the, of the club in terms of the players. But I think it's been ingrained in Chelsea that we play a certain way for so long now that if you do have a manager that comes along and wants to completely change it, the players just don't know what to do. They can't do it. But I think aside from that, I think that there has, you know, there are players that we've, I mean, like Branner, I'm afraid, is just, you know, he's he's at the wrong end of the bell curve in terms of a, of a football player now. I really do think that. Uh, I think Gary Cahill is being exposed in a way that he wouldn't have been two, three years ago because I don't think, I think he's, uh, going on the wrong side of the bell co- curve, and JT's not ex- being able to, you know, hide his flaws. I have no idea about Matic. I cannot explain that. But he, they're not the only ones. There are players there underperforming and have been for the last eighteen months. And and it, and you make make sure to why. I mean, one thing I would say, just to cap, put put a line under that, is that, you know, I think that we we are caught between a rock and a hard place, between defending deep, which is what Conte's tried to do in the last week and has been exposed massively, or possibly him wanting to to defend high, like every modern football manager likes to do. And we tried to do that with AVB, but we can't because, Clayton, as you so rightly said, we don't have the right players. And actually, at the end of the day, the biggest problem we have in terms of trying to play to defend high is that we still got JT as our best defender and you cannot defend high with JT uh, playing in your defence because you get rinsed like we did against Arsenal when they beat us 5-3 if you recall I mean Dan do you want to pick up on that? Yeah uh, it's square square pegs round holes I mean clearly Conte had come to the club and said you know we need XYZ us as mere mortals can see that defence is woeful we've got you know, obviously, I can't bring Alonso in against Arsenal. Why not bring him in? He can't do any worse than what we've got. We've got Aspi, who should be playing Absolutely. at right back. Or we've got, or bring, or like, listen, if this is going to be a, a learning curve season and we're not expecting anything great, we've got Olerena. Bring him in. Bring these players in. Blood them now. It's, it's, it's a football match. Arsenal are notoriously now for being pussies. They let us, pussy, you know, they let us, they controlled us. We should have got into them, gone hard, gone tough. 
do what we normally do. And when I come out, like last year, we were absolutely abysmal. We beat them 2-0, 1-0. We just mm. laid down and died after 20 minutes. And it was it was horrible to watch. No no fight, no power. Bring in Aina. He's there. He's hungry. Chalova. These players want to play for Chelsea. Can I just Jonathan? pop in there? Um, uh, do you actually think, though, that he was attempting to play his usual way um, the way that he played the first three games of the season, Conti, because I didn't get that impression. I almost get the impression that he's he gave in slightly, and you wonder the role of the board here, because apparently after the Liverpool game, um, he was with Abramovich till one o'clock in the morning, and I didn't get the impression that that uh, that they were playing any kind of pressing game, as they didn't do against Liverpool. They no, didn't they have weren't. the energy at, at all. No, so but then why has he um, meekly just played the same team? And not played the pressing game. Is is it that that they're incapable, or that he tried a different tactic, or even that there's pressure from above to play the same team? I still think there's this hangover from the season before, where the 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 board is insisting that this is the group that won the league, and why can't he make it work? And so he's tried he's tried another way, you know. Problem is, we, we will, we will, I've... we will. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. We will, we will get into this. But I, I think Jonathan's made a very interesting point there. And let me just reiterate what Jonathan said there because it's an excellent point, and I suspect that he may have, there may be some veracity to that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the first three games was a false dawn. I think we didn't, we weren't convincing either. Burnley was the only game we were convincing, but then they are a, essentially a glorified championship side. We just beat West Ham, just beat Watford. Uh, we, well, we had more energy, Dan, though, didn't we? We had yeah, more energy, Dan, didn't we? He did play yeah. that game. He did play a pressing game. Poor, it looked, yeah, it looked different. It looked different. Poorer teams, though. We, we got our first two big tests, we absolutely failed miserably. We struggled to beat Bristol Rovers, who came at us and gave us quite a tough game. I think it's a false dawn. First three games, no one's got carried away with a, what Conte's done. Problem is, he hasn't got his players. We've got a squad that won the league, which may be down to the genius of Mourinho, that absolutely shit the bed last season. And we haven't improved. You know, what one player to that 11 in Kante is not enough to make us into a top four title contenders. All these players, on the whole, are massively underperforming. Hazard, Hazard disappeared on Saturday. He did, completely did agree. Yeah. When did. Obviously All right, got... I'm gonna, I'm, you're getting too excited and you're basically getting... Uh, what is it? What is that, what is that thing that people mentioned? Amateur ejaculation. Thank you. Yes, collectively getting premature ejaculation because I'm hysterical. We're getting we're hysterical. No. Clayton, okay. do, do you want to have the final point on on this clay before we go on to how? I mean, you, you talk about how crap Chelsea were. I mean, the, the, some of us are doing even worse in Fanjul, which I will reveal in a minute. But Clayton, final word on it. I I, I think that the energy point, whilst I agree. And I think all of us knew that, okay, we didn't play brilliantly in those games, but we built up momentum. I think we did play well against West Ham. We were lucky to win in the end. But look but how shit they are. Have, yeah, but, but, but the, the energy, that you can't take away the fact that in that game six weeks, six ago, weeks ago, those guys were running their nuts <laughs> off and doing really well closing down. It doesn't matter how shit yeah. they were, West Ham. Yeah, they were. It, still, it yeah. still meant that people didn't have time on the ball. But... But against Arsenal, there was a meek surrender. Now, part of that might be that Conte has just basically said, look, you're crying out for Fabregas to get in the side. OK, here he is. He's crap. I've taken him off. I'm humiliating him. I'm taking him away. And now I've shown you he's not what we need. 
So that's All you right. know that that could be part of what Conte's about at the moment. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree. Well, it could I, be. It could have been a, a, an, um, something showing to the board. No, you're wrong. We cannot play this group of players. I agree with you. I think that's a really good, well, good idea. All right. The fan duel is more exciting than watching Chelsea lose to Arsenal, apart from when you're me. I, I mean, you know, I, I, my intro about fan duel, as always, you know, it's, it's a fan. It's a, it is. It really genuinely is great fun to play. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's fancy football that takes a day or a weekend. It's not like having to have the same you know, team in the same league for the entire year. And and, and it, is, it has brought us a lot of fun. I do not deny this. Uh, and to play, all you have to do, you select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures. So, as I said, you're not locked into the whole season and you can play and you can watch, you can win money. Uh, occasionally, I think I, I might have won money once. It seems like a long time ago. But most of the boys who play on the Chelsea fan cast kind of mini league have won some money. Uh, well, you can play for free. Well, I said most of us, Jonathan. I, I I might have done once, but anyway, look, it was designed by football fans like us. Uh, I think actually, when I say like us, I mean football fans who actually know something about football. Uh, and it's powered by OptoStats, which means it's much more uh, than goals, assists, and clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, every uh, thing like that that Opta measure has big implications and can get you points. And you have a hundred million quid to spend, so get on it. But now I have to reveal uh, how appallingly I did. I am so shamed and embarrassed by this. But anyway, I'm going to go from the top down. I think that's probably the best policy to adopt this week, chaps, at the moment. Now, bear in mind, there is also, we still have the, um, you know, the Watford game to come. And I know a few of us have got Watford players playing tonight. But at the moment, as it stands, Mark Worrell who every week is there or thereabouts, it has to be said. At the moment, he resides in 164th position out of 1,411 entries. And he's on 265 points. Yeah, Dan's 318th, uh, and he's got 245 points. And you've got Deeney to come, haven't you, Dan? Yeah, yeah, it's my last player. Ross Mooring, he's he's got uh, he's in 840th place, and he's got 193 points. Clayton, this is where it starts to get really shit, basically. Clayton, uh, 1,322nd, and you have got 128.5 points, but you've got Kapui to play tonight, haven't you? Yes, I have. Dan Levine, 1,405th out of 1,411th on a 76.75 points. Tony Glover sent me a text earlier on to say he forgot on Friday. He was too hungover on Saturday, so mark me down as injured. If only I knew that that was the way to deal with this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, out of 1,411 entrants, I am 1,408th with 70.75 points. But I do wait, wait, have Kapui. I where do where have was Kapui I? To come. Well, I don't where know, I? mate, because you didn't, you didn't tell me. You didn't reply oh, to I... my... Oh, you did, didn't you? You did reply to my text. I'm lying. Yeah, I sent it I in. I have a feeling. And you, yes, you did. I sent it, you did, didn't you? I sent in a photograph of my of my choices to you. Did you do and it you on sent text? It, no, you I sent did. it on message. Yeah, I texted you, yeah. Okay, uh, 1,000... Uh, well, I don't know what position you're in, but you've got 131.75 points, so that means you're above Clayton at the moment. Uh, I would suggest you're probably about 1,200, so about average for you, JK, but certainly better than me, Dan... And Clayton, although Clayton's got Kapui and so have I, so we may go up a little bit. But certainly, unless Kapui scores 25 goals, I'm still going to be rooted to the bottom. 
which is a shame. I am. I mean, basically, it's official. I am more shit than Chelsea this week. That's how bad we're talking here. Unbelievable. Can you, can you discuss your team with us, Chidge, to see who you chose? You want to know? Well, actually, do you know what the sad reality is? The sad reality is is that most of my team, uh, I can actually blame Chelsea. But I had De Gea in goal. I had Lovren. Uh, I had Stones. I had Coleman. Kapui, Fabregas, Townsend, Hazard, Costa, Vardy, Nolito. And they were all shit. So there you go. Anyway, enough of that. Um, what I should really tell you people out there now is that, of course, this week's competition is the £6,000 fan, fa- £6, fan favourite. It's £5 entry, £6,000 in prizes, and the, you have to basically finish in the top 336 to win uh, some money. And it covers the Saturday and the Sunday fixtures, not the Friday one. So the contest actually starts at 12.30 on a Saturday. Now, remember when you sign up to the game, if it's your first time, use the promo code CHELSEAFAN to get any special offers, like they refund your entry fee if you don't win cash in your first contest, which is very lovely of them. Now, you must be 18 or over to enter and based in the UK, and of course, please play responsibly. Now, after the break, we're going to be looking at Chelsea's other problem children, namely Courtois, Hazard, Fabregas, and the Lone Wolf, the only one that's any good, really, Diego Costa. We'll be back in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And it's a bit of a grim evening tonight for various reasons. It's never nice to lose to Arsenal, and I think that's it's certainly put me in a foul mood. Well, it, it's put me in a foul mo- mood since I woke up uh, and sobered up after getting completely shit-faced. Only way to describe it, with uh, Pablo Martin and Cunal after the game. Now, uh, this bit, I want to kind of drill down on a little bit more of the detail, really, in terms of... Uh, of what is going on and I think the first uh, I mean we've we've kind of in part one really dug out uh, Matic uh, Branner and Cahill much as it pains me to do so but I think you know it had to be done um, I'm going to start with Courtois here uh, frankly I think uh, it's time for Courtois to take the rap not the flap which I quite like I thought it was quite funny um, there's a lot of people uh I mean, including Cundy, actually. As I said yesterday, I referred to it earlier on in part one, but there's a real sense that he doesn't actually want to be at Chelsea. Who knows? We don't know. I suspect there may be some truth in that. Um, In which case, that's another screw-up by the club. Although, again, I I don't think there's any one of us on this podcast tonight who would have not made what seemed to be the sensible decision, which is to choose the player who is at the beginning of his career and looks like a world-beater, uh, and replace the the man who's been a legend for 10 years, but, you know, is not going to give you another 10. I don't know anybody who wouldn't have made that decision, but it's now beginning to look like the wrong one, because not only does he not want to be here, he's no bloody good. And here's a stat for you. I'm I'm, I'm going to definitely ask Clayton this first. I, I, he, you know, I can just sense yeah, I can that... Sense I can sense that Clayton's, uh, you know, clearly... Uh, uh, brewing up here, but I've I've dug out this stat uh, from a bloke called Fitzchiv on uh, on Twitter. He's a good lad. He actually talks a lot of sense. Apparently, Courtois makes one point three three saves per game, but concedes a goal every point eight nine. 
uh, saves he makes. Uh, and he is currently ranked 25th out of the 28 Premier League keepers. Uh, how about that, Clayton? Um, I also follow Fitzchiv, and he basically has been coating him from day one. He thinks he's crap, etc., etc. As you know, I have been a defender of Thibaut, uh, but I can no longer defend him. I just, I, I think he needs a rest. Unfortunately, on the evidence of last Tuesday night, Begovic is not the man. Um, yes. Beg- Begovic <laughs> was even worse. Um, I think it's, to me, it's circular. I think that you need a good goalkeeper for a defence to feel confident. And a defence feels confident if it's got a good goalkeeper. And I think at the moment, we are stuck in a downward spiral. Thibaut is basically giving the defence no confidence. And if I was playing behind that defence, I'd also have no confidence. I think the the shot to goal ratio is is quite stunning um but i i said this in the article that i wrote um trying to defend him for being a prat for making those comments to the madrid paper if you look at the goals that he has conceded this year i can only think of swansea where he has been slightly culpable for any of them um but there is no denying, and this the statistic which which this Fitz guy also um, put out there, is that our defence, and however crap our defence is, and it is crap, we have only conceded three shots on target per game. I think that was right. That was, ba- I mean, the shots per game that we've actually sort of, so our defence has blocked etc. And so this is why the the stuff against Tebow is so damning. Um, I think I think he needs a rest. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know where we go with it, to be perfectly honest. I think that that one point in the second half, which anybody who watched it on telly would have seen, when Cahill was demanding that he came out for the ball. And this yeah. is a ball that was basically about 12 yards out there was absolutely no way, no way any goalkeeper worth his salts doesn't come for that. And he didn't come. And Cahill dug him out. And he was 120% right to dig him out. Because however crap Cahill's playing, he needs help. The defence needs help. And whereas when he first came back to us, he was helping his defence. He was coming for everything. He is coming for nothing. So, so Jonathan, Jonathan, what do you, what do you, what do you? Sorry, Clayton, you were about to finish that point. Sorry, mate. No, 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 no. I, I just basically, I, I think it's, it's a very, very difficult situation. He is still very young, um, but maybe Lolishon wasn't quite as bad as we think he all was. You know, I mean, so, whatever's well, happened say, this year has gone backwards. Well, I mean, what I'd like to, I mean, I. I Pretty much, Clayton. I agree with everything you said there, and and I, I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm surprised or not, but it's nice to hear you be so honest about goalkeepers because I know I know what a soft spot you have for them. And you're right, you have defended him to the hill. But Jonathan, what what on earth do you think has gone wrong with him then? I would I don't know. It'd be nice to see some footage on YouTube of um, what it was like when he played for Atletico, um, uh, and how marvelous he was supposed to be. Um, but you, you, I mean, if you look at compare somebody like Schmeichel, who was completely outstanding last year for uh, for Leicester, they can they they save 
you know, any blunder, the goalkeeper is there and becomes, um, it, it, it's, it's impossible to get the, the ball into the net, isn't it? If the goalkeeper's really in charge and they become a, um, a mountain for the team. I mean, as Czech used to be, uh, you know, we'd, we'd have a situation, as was, was, uh, was shown by the, the Batshuayi um, uh, final attempt on goal when Czech was out like a, a racehorse and just and was outright at his feet. But I, I think also he's got an enormous problem with now with uh, um, actually leaving the goal line and going anywhere near anybody in case he chops them down. I felt there was a reluctance, even with the first goal. You didn't mention the, the first goal, um, uh, Clayton. I felt that he was he stayed on his line knowing full well that uh, um, he'd have to go and approach Sanchez to stop him I, from scoring. I, I, think, I think in those circumstances, you are on a loser. It doesn't matter what you do. If you stay, you come and you get beaten. You, you, you know, if he came out a huge distance and got chipped or what have you, then everybody says, oh, you're making it too easy. He stayed and he, he made himself big and he got chipped. I, I, don't, I don't blame him for any of the goals on Saturday. I can't see how you can. My immediate reaction was, um, just when I was there behind the goal, was that that second that there was a moment where, where Sanchez was just outside the penalty area and I looked and I thought, go now. And he didn't. He waited and then he just went and he was then easily beaten. I just felt there was no... Um, it was indecision in him. Um, but no, I, 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 the, the, they've caused the same problem, haven't they, by not getting rid of Begovic. You think they'd have brought in another goalkeeper... Um, of a better standard, because Begovic was supposedly in the press saying he wanted first-team football and he wanted to leave. Instead of which, we've got the same pairing as last year, and neither of them starred. Even that period where where Courtois was injured, um, he uh, Begovic didn't uh, redeem himself particularly well. Uh, but I've, at the I've same got time, to butt in, Jonathan. There's, there's yeah. a wonderful there's a wonderful post by Gary Wilson. Him, hello, Gary. It's, it's I, I I missed you the last few weeks. But Jonathan, this is this this will appeal to the music hall in you, which is why I butted in. But uh, if do you remember Bonnie Tyler? Yes. All right. Okay. Get a load of this. Once upon a time, you were better than Czech. Now you're not as good as Joe Hart. Nothing to say. A total eclipse of Courtois. Yes. Yes. Running Hart and Courtois. It sort of works. I think you could have been a bit. Nicer to the rhyme. I didn't make it up. Don't don't shoot the fecking message. No, no, I'm not. But I I, I felt you could have you could have said ha and ha rather than heart and then ha and then courtois. Anyway, finish what finish what you were saying because I did rudely interrupt you, but I couldn't resist. I thought that was really funny. No, 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 no. I I wasn't. I wasn't. I was just just. um, um, I just think once again the board of the board have relied on a manager trying to make people who haven't played well play better, and it's not working. So, you know, I, I don't know what you I've do. Got, I've you got this other post, which I've got window. another post. Uh, I've got two posts which are hilariously funny. One, one is by Elliot Williams, who's, I think, referring to Courtois as a Belgian dog nonce. And I know where that's come from. <laughs> <laughs> I know where that's come from. That's come from one of my great uh, buddies on Twitter, actually, uh, Dan. Uh, and the other one is from Steve Hadlow. I really don't understand what you're talking about here. Steve. Chidge, don't call us we. I don't know what you're talking about there. Uh, right, Dan, um, talking of mental, um, do you think it might be mental with Courtois? I think it's mental with the whole team. And I've, I've got two, two big <laughs> points. The first, first one is, 
Peter Cech at 24 was a much more complete, better goalkeeper than Courtois is. As a goalkeeper, he's, he's still very young and he's still got a lot of development. Again, to Jonathan's point about Begovic, we're not going to get a top-class goalkeeper to come and sit on our bench, so we're going to have to pick up the, you know, the, the decent keepers because you know you're not going to get a a top keeper to come and be a substitute. I think Courtois has got a lot of stick for what he says. He's not helped himself in terms of you know coming out of the press saying this is a stepping stone essentially. But we were spoiled with Peter Cech. That whole team we had, we were spoiled. We had some unbelievably brilliant players from top to bottom. We had a spine of once-in-a-lifetime players, and we haven't got that now. Courtois could well be a top world-class goalkeeper in three years if he develops and continues. You know, Manuel Neuer didn't really hit, you know, it was mid-20s before he became a top goalkeeper. Maybe expecting too much, and the expectation is, as you say, might be giving him some sort of, you know, mental aberrations. All right. Okay, here's a very quick question to finish on the court. I think that's a really very, very sent Dan. You've you've exceeded yourself there. That's a really sensible, <laughs> sensible, well thought through point. So I'm going to ask you each one in turn. And I just want a yes or no answer. Thibaut Courtois, stick or twist, Clayton? Stick. Dan. Uh, stick. Jonathan. Twist. Good boy. Um. Mm. And can I just say I, really, in reply to Dan? Yeah, can I just say in reply to Dan? I wasn't suggesting you get somebody to, who's good to sit on the bench. Just get somebody who's decent. Um, who, who then, if they necessarily came into the first team, they might grasp it as a, you know, as a not as the poison chalice, and just grasp it and think, yeah. hey, I'm in the first team and improve rather than getting a top class goalkeeper. Just get somebody who's better than Begovic, if it's possible. Can I, can I just say that we were absolutely delighted to get Begovic in because we when he came to us, he was a top class keeper, and he probably still is. It's very, very difficult to just come in. On a one-off. I mean, he was he, he was hopeless against Leicester, but it's like basically playing without a defence. You know, yeah. th- those two goals that we conceded against Leicester were farcical, absolutely farcical. Yeah. And I mean, the fact. I right. mean, the, the, yeah, go on. Go on, sorry. No, Chips, no, go, go on. on. Finish off your point. Finish off your no, point. No, I was going to say the first goal he could have done better with. The second was hit into the ground, and he couldn't have stopped that. But the fact is. Both those goalkeepers have got nobody in front of them at the moment. Right, I've just, I'm just i not going to vote because I still don't know what I'm going to vote. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to appropriate the wonderful John Chip Chiverton's comment and uh, agree with John. He says, I'm holding out for a hero. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Um, OK, let's move this. Let's move this mofo on a bit uh, so that you don't all choke to death on the humour of it all. Um I think that uh, somebody has to highlight something about Eden Hazard in this show tonight after the performance. I mean, you know, there is no doubt in my head at all, uh, and also from what I see that, you know, Eden Hazard is a is a superb football player with immense skill. He's a real edge-on-the-seat player when he's got the bit between his teeth and he's really, really giving it everything he's got. But I'd say there are two things that worry me about Hazard to this day. Uh, one is that... Uh, whether we like it or not, and I mean, we can all have a view on whether, you know, you can have luxury players, you can have creative players, you can't or don't defend. But the reality of it is, is that in the modern football game, everybody who plays has to have some sort of responsibility to track the man, usually in Hazard's case, the fullback, who's going to hair past him to cross the ball for somebody to put the ball in the net. So, you know, it's no good banging in goals and creating them for fun if you're just trying to play catch-up for the ones that, frankly, you're responsible for. 
Um, the other thing is that I do wonder about Hazard. When the going gets tough, he disappears. That would that would be my uh, boot in the grollies to Eden Hazard this week. Who would like to pick up the mantle and defend him, Dan? Um, I, I agree. I, th- I think Hazard oh, is... Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. I think he's undoubtedly a fantastic player to watch, supremely talented, but I think he lacks the mental mental strength to really push himself into the same class as people suggest, like, you know, your message, Ronaldo's. He's good, but he's not in that same class. I'm like, I, he needs to have some mental strength, grow up. I mean, as Dan Levine alluded to, he, he's, he's a real family man. He comes into training, does his training, goes home to his family. So he, he perhaps he hasn't got that, that enough drive and desire to push himself to the next level. But can I, can I ask, what, what, what was the difference when we won the league, when he won Player of the Year? He, he, he was happy to get involved then when the going got tough. So well, was well, the team better? Was it somehow they... too, didn't he? Yes, he, he was forced to, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Whereas he's Mourinho, and he and he sulked, he sulked for most of last year because of it. And I mean, if you go back to that season, Jonathan, yes, you're right. I think he did play very well. He was the Player of the Year for God's sake. Of course, he played yes, well. Yeah. And he also, I think, you know, a bit. I, the, it's remarkable the similarities. I think in 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 some sort of retrospect. And I don't know if anybody saw this last week, but Sky did a did a half an hour program on Joe Cole. It was really interesting seeing Joe Cole talk. But if you remember, Mourinho did the same with Joe Cole. He scolded him for not tracking back and and being responsible. But anyway, getting back to the point, in that season where we won the title, when Hazard was was, was, uh, absolutely, you know, absolutely uh, the player of the year, both for us and, of course, um, in in, in the Premier League as a whole, he was also culpable for the two goals that Atletico Madrid uh, beat us by when they uh, went through to the final of the Champions League, if you recall. He he, yeah. he did not track back Wanfran twice, and they knocked us out. We could have got to the Champions League final that year. So, you know, here's the thing, right? We can either bitch and moan about this, or, as I said, we can accept that you are going to have some players who just will not do that. In which case, if they're worth it, if they're good, if they're genuinely good enough, and I think this is the interesting question here, if they're genuinely good enough, you devise a system to cope with that. And the point that I'm about to make here is that this is exactly what Ancelotti did uh, with Real Madrid. He knew that Cristiano Ronaldo can't be asked to defend, can't defend, has defensive frailties, call it what you will. But he knows that he's not going to get Mourinho, uh, Ronaldo to do that job. So he devised a system where that would be covered. And it worked. So this is what I'm saying. We need to figure this out with Chelsea. Either you get somebody to cover for Hazard or you don't. But you can't have it both ways because he's clearly not going to do it. Discuss. He won't, he won't do it. It's not, his, it's not his mindset. He's he's an attacking player. I mean, my, my biggest bugbear for Chelsea is every time we defend a corner, everyone goes back in defence. But if you have even Hazard there, just, you know... In the centre circle that takes two defenders out, and then suddenly give give him the ball, get get the ball to him quickly. He's got the skill, the pace to go the whole way and score a goal. You have to maximise his strengths. Defending is not one of them, so you have to make allowances. Which maybe have him in a hole behind. You have a hazard a free roll behind Costa, and then, then Costa then has to compensate for hazard not tracking back. Mm. I mean, you know, it, it, I, the reason I bring it up is, is, believe me, I mean, I love him. I love all Chelsea players, for God's sake. But the reason I bring it up is just to kind of really put a window on the depth of the problems that we have as a team and a club at the moment. When, when even our supposed best player 
is is perhaps really not where we want to be. I mean, I'm going to get. I'm, I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to get into this in part three because, of course, I've completely forgotten where we are in the script, as I always do. Um, but you know what? Bollocks to it. I might do it now. I mean, the fact of the matter is this: is that I look. I. You know. I, I, it really hurt losing to Arsenal for me on Saturday because, of course, we've got so used to bludgeoning them in the past. And it did make me think of the wider implications of what we're, we're looking at at the moment. And if we look at the great team that we had for so long, the team of Czech, Ashley Cole, JT, Ricky Carvalho even, Lampard, Drogba, those kind of players, big game players, big characters, leaders that that would you know, grab a grab a game by the throat when needed, that would dig us out of the shit when needed, who who were genuinely world-class players in some respects. And you look at the team we have now, there is no comparison. I mean, I, I wonder, I, I really wonder, I mean, you know, I, does anybody here on the podcast think that Hazard can shine a light to any of those players? Because I don't. No, but I, I think what... What you alluded to, and I think one of the biggest problems is there is nobody on the pitch at any given time that basically can go up to him and say something or do something or this, that, and the other. He because? is a foot because there's no leaders out there, right? There's no, there's nobody taking responsibility out there. There's no, you know, when when things were going tits up on Saturday, who who was rallying the troops? Nobody. Gary Cahill was holding his head. Branner was shaking his head and everybody else was like looking in the other direction. There was only one leader out there and that was Diego Costa. You know, the, the, the thing is with Hazard, he's, he's a fantastic player. Beginning of the season, he looked great. During the Euros, he looked fantastic. And all of a sudden, the last two games when we needed him the most, he's disappeared off the face of the earth. You know, I was watching the Liverpool game with the same horror as I was watching the Arsenal game. Liverpool have James Milner as a fullback. We all know they've got James Milner as a fullback. At no stage during that game did Hazard change wings and attack James Milner. Now, I'm not a football manager, but to me, it was obvious. I mean, I don't know if Conte said anything to him at half-time, but at no stage did he attack Milner. Why? You know, if you're not getting joy from the other fullback... I mean, Milner is not a fullback. So I think there's a, it's a mental thing that he's not, uh, I don't know, he just basically, you know, he's a big kid. He loves playing football. That's fine. But if things aren't working, I mean, my 12-year-old son watching the game with me on Saturday said at one stage he's given up. And he did. Mm. He gave up. He thought, we're not going to win this game, so I'm not going to get hurt. I mean, if you think about that season you're talking about when we won the league, he got kicked to shit. How many times has he been kicked this season? Not many. Uh, not as much. He's not, putting, he's not putting himself out there. Mm. He's a fabulous mm. player. And going back to Dan's thing about if we get rid of Courtois, you know, you get rid of Hazard, it's the KDB thing. You know, you're going to look at them and think, Jesus. You know, well, why well, but do you know what? That that's a really good point, Clayton. Actually, and I think one one that is worth picking up because, you know, and I and I know we're going to get into this in the next part, so it's a good little bit of a segue, really. But do you know what? You know, 
let, let's let's say something happened. Who knows what? Let's say he's let, let's let's say at the end of this season we we you know let's say we finished in mid table again. We've not qualified for Europe. It's all a bag of shit. Blah 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 blah. And uh, Hazard decides that that's it. He's had enough, and he goes to Real Madrid. Or anybody really, I could see him exactly like Kevin De Bruyne being really, really good, and us looking completely stupid for letting him go. Like in a sense, we do with Kevin De Bruyne, which 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 begs a question: Why are they playing like shit for us? Why are they not being like? I mean, Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, look, I'll have this argument with anybody until the cows come home. I saw Kevin De Bruyne play for Chelsea. I did confuse him with the ginger-haired ball boy who sits at the bottom of the Matthew Harding stand. You know, I, he was that shit. He was awful. But I'll tell you what, there's no doubt he's one of the best players, if not the best player, in the Premier League this season. So how can that happen? How can these players not put it in for Chelsea, be shit for Chelsea? What, is it the manager? Is it the system? What is it that is stinking the place out at the moment? But he well, He wasn't shit. I mean, basically... The first game of that season, I think it was when Jose came back, we played somebody at home, I can't remember it, Burnley or Hull or something. And he was fantastic. He was absolutely brilliant. And then was it the next game we played Man United and and Jose decided to go there without any strikers and he didn't play well and we never saw him again. And then I think Swindon game away in the cup, he had a poor performance and then Jose said that's enough. Yeah, He put a fantastic ball through for... um, the first guy on the whole match, I thought, God, this is this is a great player. What, what the other issue is, these guys in training, you must see them day in, day out. Who, who says, oh, you know, he's had one bad game, but he's, he's shit in training. There's, there's something poisonous and toxic going on at the club that all, all these players we've let go. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. I haven't had a chance. Yeah. Well, that's been down to Jose, down to board level. If you, think, if you pick three or four pairs we've sold into that team now, 
we'd be up there with City. You know, De Bruyne, like Lukaku, I'm not 100% convinced on, but he, he does score goals. We've made some really poor decisions from top to bottom over the last three to four years, and it's absolutely bit us on the arse. We've, we've I think, gone backwards since 2012, since the Champions yeah, League. I, 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 I and that's my point. That's a very good segue, Dan, because that's exactly where we're going to go with this in part three. And I think the most joyous thing of all is that... And it, I, listen, you lot out there, it gives me no joy uh, giving some of these players a kicking like we just have. It really, really doesn't. But the only joy that I have is that we've run out of time, which means Fabregas and Costa get away with it. Although Costa actually was the only one I was going to be... Uh, uh, you know, um, in praise of really, because he seems to have the bit through his teeth, and he's the only one who looks like a player who could have fitted into the side kind of pre two thousand and twelve, if you see what I mean. At the moment, he he's that kind of a player. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, we're going to stick the boot into some other people after the break, uh, and we're going to be asking questions such as: Is there any sympathy for the Don, as in Antonio Conte? Uh, and are we as a club reaping bad management decisions sown by the board over the last few years? And where do we go from here? We'll see you in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Uh, welcome back. I am Stamford Chidge. That sounded rather peculiar. I don't quite know what happened with that intro. It went a bit weird. That's kind of a bit like, and like where the we goon, are. The goon show you sounded like. You've gone back to 1958. Oh, I oh. No, I was, I, was, I was doing Chidgey Seagoon, in fact. I think you'll find. <laughs> but uh, yes, I shall I try that all again? Welcome back. I am Stamford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, very appropriate that Jonathan brings in the goons there because, of course, we've been moaning for about the last hour about losing to them on Saturday, which was, if I hadn't been so drunk, would have been even more depressing than it actually was. But something which has been fantastic in the last week, uh, which has enriched my life, and hopefully people who are regular listeners to the Chelsea Football Fancast, is the uh, the new Chelsea Fancast preview show featuring yours truly and an absolute bona fide Chelsea legend, which of course is Kerry Dixon. Now, as you probably could tell from the first show that I uh, released on Friday, you know, I was, ex- I was as excited as a five-year-old child having all of his Christmases and birthdays come on the same day. Uh, but Kerry and I did a show uh, to preview the Arsenal game, and it was great fun doing it. Uh, it's about half an hour show, and we pretty much talk about the, the game coming up and anything else that takes our fancy. And as I said... Uh, we did the first one last Friday, but we won't be back because I'm going on holiday. But we will be back on uh, in a couple of weeks on Friday the 21st of October to preview the Man United game. Anyway, what did you two boys think of uh, the preview show with Kerry Dixon? Really um, good. I, th- I thought it was excellent. I, th- I think he was very good. You were okay. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. How long does it last? Right. Is it half an hour? Half an hour yeah, under it? half an hour. 25 minutes, half an hour. Bite-sized for a preview, which is what we thought would be apt. Right, enough of that. Uh, oh, but actually not enough of that, because I should remind everybody, of course, that uh, Kerry's book up front is available from Amazon for around 15 quid, so go and uh, get it. But actually, if you even better than that, if you want to go and get a signed copy from the great man himself, uh, then pop along to one of his book signings. He's doing one this week, actually, on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the 28th of September in Maidstone at the Lashing Sports Bar at 7 o'clock. So pop along there if you're in the manor. 
Uh, and of course, he will be at the CFC UK stall before the United game on the 23rd of October. So if you if you want to go and get a, get a copy of the book and get Kerry to sign it, that's what you need to do. Now, anyway, the first thing is really, I, I, we were picking up, as I said, you know, we were, we were kind of alluding to this earlier on in the show, but I mean, how sorry do we feel for, for Conte? I mean, I'll be really honest with you. You know, I, I feel dreadfully sorry for him. And I think uh, Clayton was saying that... Uh, um, well, it was Jonathan, actually. His demeanour on the touchline is quite tragic in a way. And, I mean, many things occur to me, and I'll run through the list and then we can kind of, you know, pitch in, all pitch in on this. But, you know, in a sense, I, I, I do think that we're paying for years and years of board-level mismanagement and interference. I think it has to be said. Uh, I, I still have a horrible whiff of we're paying for the attempt by the club uh, to uh, turn us into Barcelona light. Of course, we try to do this ten years out of date in a league which completely doesn't suit it. And then, and then uh, get Pep in. That was the idea, wasn't it, to make it? Well, I know, but Guardiola I still in. don't. I still don't think it's the right way to do it. I think we've had no. some very poor transfers, and I think it's without doubt Conte's not actually managed to get what he needed. I think there's an absolute fundamental systemic problem in terms of no youth progression, which is largely down to a fear of failure from the managers. I think we've still got a massive problem with player power, which at one time worked for us, but clearly doesn't now, particularly if you look at Branner's comments, which we were talking about earlier. Um, we've already talked about the fact there are too many players who are just simply not good enough anymore or don't even want to be there. But I think, you know, again, something I was talking about in the other part, I, I, the biggest problem I see is that there's there's been no succession plan at all. You know, if there has been thought into how we replace, and I mean, let's be honest, you know, players of the calibre of Lampard, Drogba uh, and their ilk are not easy to replace under any circumstances. I grant you that. But there has been no... Well, if there has been thought in terms of who replaces Drogba, who replaces Lampard, who replaces Terry, etc., 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 it's clearly not working at the moment. I think we can safely say that. So who would who would like to pitch in with all of that first up? Uh, Clayton, I think I shall go to you first. Uh, okay, so... In terms of succession planning, I I disagree slightly um, because I think what the club have tried to do is build a spine and for whatever reason, bad management, bad transfers, bad luck, um, it hasn't developed. So if I can talk about, well, we've talked about the goalkeeper. They went out and got the best young goalkeeper around. And they replaced Czech with that best young goalkeeper. We've talked about what's happened to him. We went out and got uh, Kurt Zuma as a replacement for John Terry. Unlucky, he's been injured, so we haven't been able to develop him. We went out, we bought Kevin De Bruyne as a replacement for Frank Lampard, maybe, although that's a difficult person to replace. We sold him. We bought or we got um, Lukaku to replace Trogba. And we got rid of him. So in terms of succession planning, I would say there has been, whether through luck or judgment, there was a replacement of that spine. And the reason it's not there is well documented. So that's that's one thing. So I would actually park that and say I defend the club because they did try and replace the spine. What I can't defend is the absolute fuckfest of uselessness that has basically happened with buying players who are probably not good enough 
and they're basically putting players out on loan who are better than some of the crap that's coming in. And we're talking about Jula Bodji, Hector. I mean, Hector, God bless him. I've never seen him play, so I can't actually. But Barbara Raman would be one of the big ones for me. Oh, possibly. But, you know, I heard, a st- well, I'm not going into what I heard, but I heard a story <laughs> that that he was, that, that somebody said, uh, uh, go and get me the person with the best statistics of a left back in Europe and he had them and it just didn't work out maybe for whatever reason it didn't happen so I mean so that whole that whole sort of farming in of useless players it's it's just inexcusable and and the one thing and I, I sort of tweeted this after the Arsenal game it doesn't matter who the manager is if the people in charge are still buying the manager's got no chance. I've got this horrible feeling that that, that Conte said, all oh, right, I want X, Y, and Z. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll get those for you. Laughing behind their hat and saying, no, we won't. We'll get you something. You know, it's like that fast show sketch. You know, go and get me your pint of milk and what have you. You know, did you get it? Oh, no, even better than that. And you come back with a, uh, you know, a block of cheese instead of milk. I just, <laughs> the, the whole thing is just mad. You know, we wanted Kudibali, yeah? And the club, to be fair to them, didn't want to be ripped off, okay? Napoli were taking the piss and wanted £60 million for a player that's worth maybe 40 maybe 50 if that. But then we go and spend £58 million on Luis and Alonso. Now, I'm not saying those guys aren't going to work out, but we had the money, and if that is what Conte wanted, that's what we should have got him. We lost the best manager the club have ever had because we didn't back him in the transfer market. He went to Man United. They bought him every single player he wanted. That is the difference, and that is why we are on the slippery slope. And unless we back our managers, we're finished. We're absolutely Mm. finished. Uh, Dan, would you like to uh, chip in while Jonathan's thinking about what's going on? I think Clayton's absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's it's a shithousery of... Transfers. I think Mark Warrow in his ESPN article said something similar that they, you know, the, the fault lies with the boardroom to start with. You know, if, if your best manager clubs had tells you he wants four players, you go and get those four players. You don't piss about with not even third-rate replacements. Yes, we won the league at a canter, but we clearly need to improve. I mean, from Arthur Tottenham game that season. It, we won it. But it wasn't. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like a dynamic win like uh, under previous seasons. The, the board. We got great respect to who's on the board. They're not football people. They haven't got the experience. They haven't got the knowledge. Emmanuel's career was a best bit part. Bruce Buck's got no football experience. We need. We need people who get football who, who've, who've lived the game. I think. I think Andy Silverman said earlier, bring in Michael Ballack. You know, players with real credence. Well, I tell you what, Dan. Just to pick up on that, and I, you know, and I, 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 the fairness inside of me feels compelled to say that, you know, yes, if Conte says go and get these players, you do everything you can to get them. But remember, it, you know, it, it it's a two way street. If if clubs are going to mug you off ridiculously, or they don't want to sell the players, or the players don't want to come, you know. You can't guarantee getting them. I think that's the fair yeah. way to say it. But, oh. but what I what I would what I would say, what I would say though is, um, it's very difficult, isn't it? But 
if look at Man City and look at look at the people who are in in, in charge of their football. Tashiki Begistan and the other guy from Barcelona. Sorry, sorry, really, yeah, yeah, people who really really know the game. Who uh-huh. have we got? I am you know? so jealous of Man City. They, we we were five years ahead of them on the curve, and you look at where they are now. They are superbly run. It's that's what we should have done. We had an opportunity because Abramovich was the first of the major only got to come with the money. Had had we had better planning, we would have been like City. City again to dominate yes. for years. They they are so well run. They've got great players. They've bought well. We're we're falling well behind. I know we haven't got the same league of money as the, the you know the the wealth of the families, but we've been pissed poor. We rested on our laurels too much. We thought we're going to we're going to dominate. We're going to dominate. Uh, along comes City, and they change the whole landscape like we did. 15 years ago. Do you think that that part of this is due to the role of Abramovich in this? With with City, um, the owner isn't apparent. He he, he hardly, uh, he's not there. Um, He lets lets the the people he's put in charge run it and occasionally visits and uh, is back in Saudi, you know, counting his wealth. Whereas we we have a very interfering chairman. Well, we 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 assume we think we assume we once again we assume, but but the very fact that it did get out that after the Liverpool game, he had a uh, a meeting with um, Conte that lasted till one o'clock in the morning. They could have had dinner and been a scheduled meeting. It they could have. They could have. They could have. It's come from the Daily Star, so I have no. No, I know, I know, I know. We did, but it, but it went round Twitter as well as a rumor. So yeah, if it did take place, did take place. At least you, he cares, Abramovich. Oh, but you wonder about... whether he he cares in a. In the, in the wrong way, because he doesn't know enough about football, as we've stated, that the board don't know enough. But I think the this point about the fact that Man City have got these two great footballing brains in charge of, of um, uh, transfer policy and the way the club is run and who should come in is unbelievably important. And the fact that we've yeah. only got Emanalo um, is damning. In the, but it makes me think that Abramovich really does put his oar in more than we think. I mean, one when is this, one is making this up. I don't know whether this is the case, but it, it smacks to me of that. The fact that that I found it absolutely peculiar that after the Leicester game, we were stuck back with the same team that had performed so badly against Liverpool. And I thought, and Branagh is in again. There has been no attempt. Now, is this has this been imposed on him by Abramovich? And is this one of the reasons why his body language was so awful? You wonder whether he said, I'm sorry, uh, Abramovich has said, this is the team that won the title. I want them to play and, and giving but him you, a go. Whether there will come you know, a moment. But hang, on a, hang, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. I just want to pick up on what Jonathan said, there, because I, I agree with you to a certain extent, Jonathan. And I think that's what worries me, because we've heard this coming out. I'm not talking about the stuff about Roman, but about the board keep saying this, you know, uh, we don't need any more players. We can do it with the players that we've got. And, I, and I'm sorry, but that's just rubbish. I mean, we've all sat here, everybody in Mixler. I mean, there's been, I mean, the, the, the sad thing in a sense is there's been a, a huge amount of consensus on the show tonight about the fact that, frankly, a lot of the players that we've got playing for us at the moment, compared to what we have been used to for the last 10, 15 years, are simply not good enough. And we are going backwards as a club in terms of the kind of people that we're recruiting on the playing side. And we are endlessly frustrated with not getting the younger players that we think might have some talent getting a chance. So how the the board can sit there and say, the team's good enough, we won the title. That, for me, is part of the problem, Dan. Two points. I mean, one one regarding Conte. He, he's got a great chance to make a big statement on Saturday and you know, drop 
Branagh and Cahill, and that might put some, some, some rumours to bed. The second thing is part of our problem was that Bramish wanted to adhere to um, FFP, which, you know, essentially has gone tits up. So we did that for two or three years. We didn't go and spend big because he wanted to be seen to be doing the whole, you know, adhering to the FFP. And now that's pretty much gone out the window. We've been left behind. And whether that's going to you know, make a change he's in the next couple of years. He seems very years. reluctant, Dan. He seems very reluctant to want to spend any money at all, does he, really? Other than suddenly we bought Louise, which was I felt was a panic buy. And, and as you said, Chidge, um, the combination of him and Alonso could have bought us a, an excellent player. But you just feel there's a reluctance to part with money. And OK, yeah. they are adding 30 million onto players. But as you've said, if everybody else is doing it, I mean, nobody complains and says, bloody hell, we spent too much money when United buy Pogba, because it's the end result. You've got the player. You know, the, 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 the results at the end of the season, they don't go, oh, bloody hell, you may have finished second or first. But blimey, think of the amount of money you spent. It's mm-hmm. it. You know, they'll make the money back by finishing first and second. Yeah. So I, I'm confused as to why the purse strings have suddenly become tightened. Yeah. Is it because he wants to put the money into the into the uh, the stadium? Is it because he's not doing terribly well and he's only worth nine billion now and not eleven as he was? And you know, I find it very mysterious. But I really, I really think this main thing about only having Emanuel in charge is is one of the major problems. But to be fair to Emanuel, all the players that you mentioned, Dan, that were sold, he got. He yeah, got De Bruyne. Yeah, he sorry. got Lukaku. These he were got... players. Sorry, these were players that were established in one. And Eden Hazard was famous. Lukaku. All these players were players who were already in the public eye. It wasn't like he went out and picked out a like that Brazilian city signs who's nineteen. I mean, he's meant to be outstanding that no one even heard of. Hazard had been lighting up Lille for two years. Lukaku had been knocking in in the Belgian yeah, league. But, but at least we went for big players, though, Dan. In this yeah, instance, we're not going for big players at all, are we? Every, every Eden Hazard, you've got a Mo Salah. So it's not like he's been consistent in terms of who, who they've bought in. No, no, I agree. I agree. It's it's mysterious to me, because in the, that instance, as you, as you say, they were top players. But we haven't been going for top players. We've been going for people who are kind of okay, and you know, and, and we've got Alonso, and you know, the jury's out at the moment. All right, he looks he looks pretty reasonable. I'd rather have him playing left back uh, than and uh, and Dave at right back rather than play Branagh at all now. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, I think it's time time to move it on just a tad, really, in in terms of you know where do we go from here? I mean, I I've got a horrible suspicion uh, in my bones that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, I, I think it's very revealing that Conte's already stated that if we don't, you know, turn it round, we could end up mid-table and we can wave bye-bye to Europe again. And I think if one considers that, then, you know, on, on recent history, if he's saying that and that actually happens, one has to fear for Conte. And I've got to be honest, I, 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 that really worries me because I think Conte is a good manager. He, he's proven it. That's enough for me. And and, sh- and I think a lot of people on Mixer have been saying much the same thing, which is that you know we need to to give him give him his head, let him run the football side of it, and make those decisions and back him. You know, and yet already six games into a season, and I know Tony would be probably sitting here saying stop nappy shitting chidge or stop panicking or stop getting drawn into the media furore about it but the trouble is we know our club (laughs) we've seen it happen before should be we should be worried clayton already 
Uh, sort of. I mean, the thing with Conte is, I, I don't know the statistics, but I suspect that Klopp had very similar results when he came in. Yeah, And everybody exactly. was saying after the Liverpool game, oh, look at what, you know, Klopp's getting all these ordinary players to run around. Why can't we do it? Well, Klopp's been there for a season and poor old Conte's been there for five minutes. Um, it's very difficult to know the amount of interference uh, he gets from up on high. Um and, and Dan's right. It'd be great if he made a statement against Hull. But, you know, the thing is that we had a dead season last season and we didn't bring any of the kids in. So the thing that bothers me is why would we change anything in a season at the moment, which is still, quotes, live? I mean, we're only three points behind Liverpool. Exactly. We're in the Champions yeah. League spots. Um, we've got two winnable games. We've got Hull. At home, uh, away and then Leicester at home with an international break I think it's absolutely imperative we get a result against Hull because if we have another crap result hanging over us over the international break these things just have a habit uh, of building up I, I think, you know, I, I don't know about I know, I know there was different circumstances but Chibola came on or Chiloba rather came on against Leicester and I thought he looked the part um, yeah, I'd definitely. really, I'd really, really like to see him given some game time, um, and it's a question of whether Conte is willing to do it. He's willing to sort of to step up. I mean, he hasn't helped himself in the last couple of games. I mean, the the whole substitute thing against Liverpool was completely baffling. Awful, yeah, baffling. Absolutely, yeah. you know, I don't know why uh, Batshuayi didn't come on at some stage. I think Batshuayi should have come on a lot earlier against Arsenal as well. Um, you could argue, I, uh, Clayton, that they should have actually um, brought three players on at half-time, the way the Liverpool game was going. Well, I don't think it would have made any difference. Uh, I, I mean, yes, you're quite right. But uh, I just, I hope that he's given time. I mean, Jonathan is right. His body language against Arsenal was like, oh, my God, you know. I, I, as I say, I do think he plays Cess to, to, to actually say to either the press, the fans or the board, look, I told you he's not good enough. And he was, I, I mean, did he touch the ball on Saturday? I don't think oh, so. Please. If he did, he oh, touched please. it to give it away. He did. He gave the ball away an enormous amount. He got it and played well, those cross-field balls they all to did. nobody. To be they fair, all they all did. Um, so I, I, I really hope he's given time. I mean, I think the biggest problem is that if we got rid of Conte, there isn't anybody else there. No. We've gone through the list. There's no stuff left. there. We'll be back um, to Avram Grant, mate. Yeah. Um, Patrick Rocker on Mix has made a really good point, actually. It kind of backs up what we've been saying generally, actually, which is um, if we don't spend top dollar and won't use the youth, we're in no man's land. Uh, and I actually think that's a really, really, really sound point because that's kind of what I'm saying is that, you know, we, 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 our indecision seems to be final here. I mean, I know that there are issues playing the youth and I think we'd all we'd all generally accept that. But as I said, I think something substantive has got to change. No change is not an option here. Either you spend the money and get the players that Conte wants or you say no that's not the job we want you to do. We want you to bring in the youth, get rid of everybody, finally, 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 get rid of, A, the last remnants of the Champions League winning side and all the shit and the dross that we've got since and give this talented youth a chance and accept that for two, three, four years we might not be competing. 
but something has got to give and we seem to be stuck in this terminable uh treacle like no man's land dan don't you think yeah totally i mean it's round and round in circles really since although we didn't win the uefa cup the last three seasons four seasons we've stagnated champions league was a perfect time for us to kick on and and bring ourselves up to the next level youth have got to play bringing one or two bringing chaloba Chaloba being a good example, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought Chaloba, albeit against 10 men, he got the ball where he wanted it, he was confident, he was looking about, he was he just looked the part. I mean, he's, he's had a loan in Napoli, which is, you know, in a, a top, a top, top Italian side, so he's definitely got the experience. You bring in Chaloba, you bring in Aina, two players to start. He's, one or two little changes every now and then. And what's the worst that could happen? Aina has a nightmare, gets, you know, gets ripped apart by a winger. Okay, fine, well, you're a kid, you're learning, get used to it. Bring him in for next week. He's like, right, you know, you fall off a bike, you get back on, and you start again. Bring these players in. They, they hunger. They want to play. They've got desire. They want to. They, they, it's, they, they give him a chance. I'll take it with both hands. I mean, the other one, I'm not sure that's off his cheek because every time he gets a chance, he just wanders about. He just wanders. Did, I mean, Le- Leicester game, I thought it was appalling. He just didn't know what to do. He just like ambling about in midfield. Didn't really. He have... Yeah, he ambles. You're absolutely right there. I, I, I just think that the trouble is we're not present at training we don't know what the kids are presenting you know if if the if they're all playing if the if the older players are playing better than them he's not going to trust it i mean my worry is is that this saturday he'll play exactly mm-hmm. the same team again which he shouldn't do but and, and i think that would be an unbelievably negative statement but i fear that he will and we'll oh. be seeing branner again playing right back i think he well, needs thankfully to make it- thankfully i will be at a wedding in in a, a small uh ranching town outside of calgary so i will be utterly oblivious to it because there won't even be you know internet so i i i will be i will be blissfully ignorant and uh talking of blissful ignorance uh we should really wrap this up and move on to part four because i you know i warned jonathan now i hope he's been gargling in honey and salt water and christ knows what else because there's some huge emails to come Uh, but they do pick up on a lot of these points so uh, we will go to a break and we'll be back with you in a sec fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast up the chelsea football fancast.com right welcome back i am uh, stanford chidge and you're listening to the chelsea fancast which has been a bit ranty and a bit aerated but it's because we love our club we love our club and we're passionate about it and we just want to see the best things happen for it. And, you know, sometimes I think we need to have an honest look at ourselves and the club. And I hope, you know, that with, with you know, we've done that tonight. Um, but yeah, you know, we love it really. And, and we care about it and we hate it when it's not going really well. And I think there is a suspicion that it might not be. Now, um, an- annoyingly, one of the things that the Chelsea Supporters Trust uh, is unable to engage in, particularly really, is is the on-the-pitch football side of things. Uh, but pretty much everything else is fair game. And I mean, those of you who have been on social social media tonight may well have seen a statement that we've released uh, in response to the fans forum meeting minutes, which were released uh, yesterday. And of course, that meeting Dan was at, actually, and it was... Uh, it was all about the stadium, uh, rede- you know, Stamford Bridge redevelopment. But I mean, basically, if if you have a look at the Chelsea Supporters Trust website or, or on social media, you'll find it. But we've basically 
issued a statement saying uh, that it's important to avoid the problems that West Ham have had uh, in moving to the London Stadium, uh, which means really engaging in uh, very constructive dialogue with uh, all, all sorts of supporters, organisations and the trust, of course, uh, and also that we will continue as mandated to campaign and put pressure on the club to introduce safe standing at the new stadium, put the like-minded fans together to make sure that we have fair and equitable ticket pricing, particularly for the youngsters and those that are less likely to be able to afford it. Uh, so there we go. Um, would you uh, like to add anything on that, Dan? No, I think you've summed up very nicely. Um, I think we've got some, some good coverage um, from, was it Henry Henry Winter? Mentioned yes, all, indeed. All yeah. Well. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, all, it's all very positive. We're going to keep, keep, keep pushing hard, keep doing our best to adhere to, to the fans' wishes and hopefully get, you know, when it does happen... The, the best ground with the best solutions for Chelsea fans. And with a club most... and, a, and a club good enough to do it justice, hey? That would Absolutely. be something yeah. nice as well. <laughs> that, players good enough to do it justice. Just think, yeah. well, you know, by the time the stadium's finished in the early 2020s, you know, uh, Chilova... We'll be, we'll be in the Luke championship. Loftus, well, Loftus-Cheek and Ina and all of these youngsters, Lewis Baker, Tammy Abrams, they'll all be first teamers with about 50 to 100 matches under their belts. That's for what Manchester. you can hope for. Yeah, for Man City. Shut up. Don't say that. I'm doing well. I'm, you're cheering, you've actually done a good job of cheering me up. I was in a filthy mood before I started the show, as you will all know, because you were on with me before we went on air. So I mean, you're doing a good job cheering me up. Don't bring me down. Right, Chelsea Supporters Trust. Just a quick reminder. You can join the Trust. Get your voice heard uh, by the club. Uh, it's five quid to become a voting member. It's free for non-voting members. But why would you not want to pay five pounds and be able to vote? That is the point. It's about the democracy of it, after all. Uh, and you can sign up at the Chelsea Supporters Trust dot com, so you can attend the meetings, come to events, and vote on the issues that directly affect you. And of course, make sure you get your voice heard by the club. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Um, and actually, while I've got Mark Barfoot on in the house, and uh, if there's anybody else who is involved uh, with the official supporters groups that are around the country. Um, I'm really keen, because as you may not know, I mean, I am now the chairman of the Supporters Trust, so I'm really keen to uh, try and find some time to go out, a bit of outreach to the uh, official supporters groups in the country, and go and, if, if if you would allow me the privilege so to do, to attend one of your meetings and answer a few questions and, you know, try and get you all a bit engaged, uh, and so on and so forth. So I'd be interested to hear what Mark has to say about that because of course Mark's very very heavily involved with the Hastings Blues who are an official supporters group anyway enough of that CPO of course very much uh, on the agenda first Wednesday of every month Mark thank you well we'll need to we'll need to try and sort that out I'm up for that anyway uh, CPO Chelsea pitch owners as you know very instrumental uh, in what's going on with the Stamford Bridge redevelopment uh, in terms of the fact that if we protect the future of the club by buying a share uh, we'll continue to own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and make sure that we continue playing there um, forever and ever and ever, and certainly long after Roman, who, as far as we know, is uh, shares that opinion. But uh, we don't quite know what might come after him. So it's imperative that we keep um, that we keep uh, hold of that freehold as the supporters. We're the only club, or the only supporters of any club, who can do that. Now you can buy a share for a hundred quid, or there or thereabouts, by emailing info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out Chelsea FC dot com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and you can follow them uh on twitter at pitch owners now goodness gracious me uh it's time i'm gonna not do the footsal stuff because that can wait uh because we're running out of time and there's loads and loads and loads to do 
So, um, basically, uh, I think it's time, Jonathan, for me for me to shut up, and for you to take the spotlight with the first email from Alex McGovern. This is the first email, Alex McGovern. Just shift me weight here onto my feet. Right, that's better. Good. Mm. Uh, Hello, gents. He says. Incredibly frustrated by last night's game versus Leicester, I fear our second-half performance and defenders' goals will cause fans to forget our inability to defend. Two things concern me. Their first, their first goal. I count at least five mistakes within ten seconds. One, Luiz should win the header as the ball comes in. I have to say, this is me speaking. This is one of his faults. He's not a great uh, um, competitor when it comes to headers. Um, despite that are in the defending area. Despite his limitations, we all know JT would have had that. No further danger. Very good point. Number two, Aspi has to attack the ball, throw a head, foot, whatever. He did the only thing which could put us in trouble. Number three, after missing the header, Louise doesn't bother to follow his man, ends up strolling five metres behind Okazaki while he's scoring. Number four, Begovic has to attack the ball, failing that at least try to make a save. He can catch from Aspi's chest too. Six, Cahill thinks it's safe instead of getting on the line. Awful by everyone. I feel bad for Conti, working with the best defence in the world to this shambles. I'm not remotely happy with the David Louise, the David Louise signing. I understand the dressing room and some other benefits, but frankly, he can't defend. Examples as mentioned, plus getting caught under the ball and ending up fouling Vardy and a few others. He played some nice long balls. He's very good at that. But that just doesn't matter if he costs us goals. I was delighted when he went to PSG and I hope to be wrong, but nothing's changed. I have a lot more to say, but final comment is Sky's narrative on Costa. As E.T. stated, the commentator said, Costa is on looking to ruffle a few feathers. He's already earned Chelsea the advantage with a sending off. Utterly ridiculous. That sentence should be, Costa looking to score his sixth goal in six games. He's been making great runs already. Oh, and he was forearmed in the face. Um, yeah, that's, I remember watching that and thinking uh, exactly that at the time. They said he, he's contrived to get involved in the situation. He's created a situation. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. Uh, it was. It was of this. What's his name? The the big centre half's making. Anyway. Vasilevsky uh, gave him a Polsky yeah. slap. Yeah, absolutely. God save us. That was just. He punched him in the bloody face. Anyway, apologies for taking up the entire show. You didn't, mate. We've been doing that. Have a great holiday, Chidge. Looking forward to seeing you guys back back on in a couple of weeks. Alex nice. McGovern. Very good. Jonathan, because. Uh, each email, apart from Daniel's, which is the next one. I mean, the next, the one after this is mentally long. Okay. So I'm going to do this one. Okay, and I'll do you... the next one very quickly. Well, no, because it's it's huge and and brilliant, which is why we need to read it all. all you're right. also getting a bit Norman Collier, so I just thought I'll just give you a break so that your can your your phone can or, or iPad can chill out for five for five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> This is from the lovely Daniel Cabral. Uh, another display of awful and at times laughable defending, giving the voyeur his 20th win against Chelsea. No defensive support from Hazard, leaving Aspilicueta to cover overlapping runs. Matic looks lost in his new role. £40 million Kante provides nothing but fouls. Bit harsh, Daniel. 
Uh, and Cahill has been through enough the past couple of weeks, so I'll skip him. Uh, we bought Alonso, who should start. At this point, we can't do any worse. When Louise is your best centre-back, you know you're in trouble. Jose Fonte, to me, would have been a good signing. Yes, he's 31, but he's physical and reminds me a lot of Carvalho. Roman has to let Conte clean out that locker room because soon enough, these players will turn and it will be deja vu all over again. I know it's early, but I wouldn't be shocked if we missed out on top four. Chelsea till I die, but it's tough to cheer with some of these players in the squad. Daniel Cabral. I mean, Daniel, you know, echoing a fair bit of what we've been talking uh, about on the show tonight, really. Um, I'm a bit harsh on Kante, really, Clayton, don't you think? Uh, I do think that, but it actually raises a point I was going to raise uh, earlier, which was quite interesting about other teams and what they've managed to pick up. And much as it really pained me, I thought that, um, what's his name, Xhaka or what have you, that played for Arsenal, a unit takes people out, doesn't mess about. We are so missing somebody like that. Yeah, no, mm. Can- Kante's being pulled. Kante needs to sit in front of the back four. But because there's nobody else going forward, he's he's, he's caught out position on Saturday. He didn't mm. have a good game, but um, but yeah, no. So yeah, but good 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 email, but don't necessarily agree with all of that. Mm. that, that Daniel's in Dan- sorry, Daniel's in Mixler tonight, actually. I think so. Well, I saw. I'm sure I saw his name in there. Hello, Daniel, if you are listening live. Jonathan, do you want, do you want to make a point and then? then no, I'm just going to say that the the Arsenal player you mentioned. Um, uh, has Janish uh, Ratter or his name is. Yeah, he's he's had lots of yellow cards and sending sendings off, and it's um it's a very unvenger like purchase, but it's uh it's, it's huge, really huge. R- really helped them. It's, yeah. a, it's it's a very good purchase, in fact. So, um, shall I do the third email from Tim Cairns? Yes, please. This is an absolute belter. This is, right. Strap yourself in, people, and listen up. This is this is big. It's from Australia as well, I think, from Sydney. Hello, lads. Well, that was terrible. But another way to look at it is exactly what we needed. I've not been one of those fans who thought after a last a few last minute wins and the measured victory against a bottom half team. Sorry, Burnley, that we had 2004 five back since the beginning of last season. Our play has been predictable and ponderous. As a fan, you can accurately guess where every pass will go, whether it was Jose or Goose and now Conte. They all seem to be dipping their proverbial toes in the water when it comes to personnel changes and tactics rather than jumping in. For a year and a half, we've continued with Einstein's definition of insanity. And by continuing to do so, we will remain between fifth to 10th place in the table this season. Only by making a big change and risking losing a few matches in a row, we might actually win some. I'm not going to get into a formation debate. I think formation is the least of our problems. We need a team that is going to show some fight, some urgency and some heart. Given what we've seen over the last year, here is my pragmatic approach to our players and thoughts of what we could do. I'd love to know what you all think. Keeper. Courtois, horrible media comments aside, picks himself for now. We'll leave the debate about his commitment and whether we need to replace him to another time. But for now, nothing Begovic has shown us warrants a change in keeper. The back four. The first thing we need to change is Dave on the right and Alonso on the left. They need to start getting ready in a match scenario. It needs to happen now if we want the performances to change this season. 
at centre-back in the short term were unfortunately reliant on a nearly 36-year-old. Zuma can't come back quick enough. We need his speed, aerial ability and physical presence. Branner has, has been a wonderful player, so has Cahill. They need to be moved to the bench as rotation options for the more regular starters of Luis, Zuma and Terry. Much like United looked a million bucks without Rooney, I think as soon as we remove Branner from the right-back position, we will improve and lengthen his career at Chelsea by moving him to a centre-back reserve. Midfield. Or to a glue factory. <laughs> I tweeted about that, actually. Not the glue factory, centre-back. <clears throat> Midfield, the trio of Matic, Kante and Oscar is not creative enough. It's hurting us going forward. I would drop Matic. He can fill in for Kante when he needs a rest. But to put him on the field in a role that requires forward thinking moves just forward thinking moves just hampers our team terribly. Oscar, the definition of a modern YouTube highlights footballer, very good, is not someone capable of giving you double digit goals and assists. And he, if he is to be our box-to-box -box midfielder, he has to be. This is where it's best for us to forget about KDB and what could have been. But this midfield is where I see an opportunity to add some passion and heart for the team. I would replace Matic with Chalabar. Oh, yes, everything I've seen shows Chaloba, me. Chaloba. Yeah, 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 Chalo, Chaloba. Everything I've seen, I didn't want to be too Chaloba. Everything I've seen shows me that he is ready for the Premier League, much more so than his international teammate, Ruben Loftus Cheek. But speaking of Loftus Cheek, he seems to be the kind of player, to me, to be the kind of player who needs the arm round the shoulder more than the stick. He's too talented not to come good, but to come good, he's going to have to get some confidence. Well, actually, I think from what I've heard, he's got masses of confidence, but it's not applied in the right areas. Uh, this is where I think bedding in Chaloba before him will help. If Chaloba can establish himself and then we start putting in Loftus-Cheek just in front of him on the pitch, he would be playing in the position that he's excelled at and that caught everyone's eye. We would also be playing him with the person whom he's developed a telepathic on-field connection with. By recreating a tiny pocket of their youth success in the first team, I think we will see Loftus-Cheek come out of his shell and flourish, creating a strong, tall, powerful, forward-thinking unit in the middle of the park. As for Hazard and William, the issue is they're both number 10s. William's issue is that his speed of thought in terms of passing, spotting openings is not quick enough. He slows the play down every time he receives the ball on the wing and he second guesses his decisions, which breaks up our attack and allows the opposition to set up defensively. If he can't be more direct, we need to replace him with someone, someone more direct such as Moses. I agree with that completely. Hazard is brilliant if erratic, but he needs support going forward. He's not the player to shoulder 50% of the goal-scoring burden. Striker. Whether or not we play a two-striker system could be its own email, but regardless, we need that midfield to be more forward-thinking. That could mean utilising Fabregas or helping Loftus-Cheek out by bedding in the impressive Chalabar. But something needs to be done. How much time we give Oscar, I don't know, but it can't be long. My issue is him, that he's never bossed a game against a big opponent. His goals come against smaller teams. He's never taken a game against a top six opposition by the scruff of the neck and won it, which is something we've seen Hazard do. We can talk about his goal against Juventus on debut, but that goal is similar to Henderson's goal from the other week. If we gave them all the time in the world to repeat those feats, they'd both still be trying. 
I love our team and I don't want to seem negative, but this is our moment to really change and move forward. I hope Roman recognises this and backs Conti. There, are, there aren't many top managers for us to hire left. There's a lot of potential for us this season. We just need to have the confidence, make some changes that won't pay off in the next game, but will going forward. I'd like to think all the proper fans want the same. Keep the faith, keep up the support, keep the blue flag flying high. Cheers, Tim. Wow, wow, wow. That Was that an email or what? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it, it was more like a book. <laughs> it's more like it was, uh, do you know what? Actually, Clayton, it's longer than your book. It's, it's considerably longer. A fantastic, fantastic email. Just two points. The point about uh, betting in Chaloba and then putting uh, Loftus-Cheek in front of him, I think, is genius. I think that is really, it's obviously much too clever for anybody yeah. in our club to do. Um, but I think that's or, a or very, this podcast very good to suggest tip. even. It, it, well, absolutely. <laughs> um, and the other thing is the thing about William, which I, I, I had a note about him. I'm just going to slip this in quite cheekily. I don't know. He's been with us, what, three seasons? Yeah. yeah. He has only scored 12 goals and only has 15 assists. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tweeted that and I looked it up to check it. I couldn't believe it. But there we go. That's part of your problem, lads. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid so. I mean, too many. I think you know, without harping on about it from earlier on, too many players, you know, flattering to deceive. And I think that's the point. You know, when we had when when the I mean, you know, Didier Drogba when he turned up at the club was not the player he was for us than he was when he left. You can say I remember the first two seasons that Frank Lampard played for us, and I mean, I remember down the pub we used to call him Frank Lamppost, you know, because he because <laughs> he was so he was so static. You know, so it's absolutely fine and plausible for players to turn up in the first year or two of their Chelsea career and not necessarily be world beaters or brilliant and grow into it. And I think the disappointing thing about players like Hazard, uh, Courtois, William, Oscar in particular, is that they are not getting better and they should be by now. You know, that's my point. I think Oscar's worse, Chijo, because he comes in um, and starts or has a very good... Um, he played very well in the first game out of, uh, um, under against West Ham for Conti and looked really as if he'd gone up a gear. And I thought, oh, perhaps this is going to be the season. But then it all went downhill again. He plays very well in, in sort of starts at beginnings. You know, he played very well in the game after uh, Mourinho had been, uh, been sacked last season. And then once again, didn't didn't recreate it. It's uh, he's he's I, I think he should have gone um, at the beginning of the season. He should have been transferred personally. Right, now, I'm going to make an executive decision because time is a running on. And uh, Paul Robinson, I know I tweeted you when I got... I was actually on my computer when you sent this email in. Yours is a fantastic email, uh, but it's quite generic. So if you if you don't mind, I'm going to save it for the next show when it will be equally relevant and also equally heartfelt because it's, it's a lovely, lovely email about how much you like the show and uh, I was very touched when I read it but uh, times are pressing on we've waffled on too much so I'm going to save that for for the next show is that fair enough lads do you think yes 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 yeah you've all seen it it's a cracker isn't it but we can we can save that yeah yeah we can save that to the next show um because we really should bugger off really it's time for my bed uh but before we do um i just want to say actually dan have you got anything to say because i I, you've been a bit ignored the last few minutes no no, i just thought it's a great email i agree with clayton about um, William as well, just to, you know, you look at his stats in the cold light of day, 
last season kind of papered over the cracks. But you know, good email. Chaloba is obviously the bottom line. Chaloba needs to get some game time because he's probably our greatest greatest hope to give us a bit more dy- dynamism in midfield. I believe. Good. Well, I've just been noticing on Mix all these people saying good night. We've not finished yet. You're not allowed to go for another four minutes. And if you do know, if you do go now, you'll miss really important information. So don't go. Otherwise, I shall be very cross. Now, uh, I do love uh, getting emails from you, and as you know, you know, I, I, this is not like any normal show. We don't, we don't uh, censor them in terms of how long they are or how mental they might appear to be. I don't care if you can be bothered to to put thought uh, to keyboard and email us in, then I will do you the courtesy of getting it read out on the show. Isn't that fair enough, boys? Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. So there we go. So uh, do keep sending them in. And as I said, we'll try and read them out on the show. Uh, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com. And always do it before a Monday. Otherwise, it won't make the script. Tim was very lucky because his arrived at five past five. And I read it. And I thought, wow, that's such a cracker of an email. I'm going to put that in. But normally, I would have said, nope, you're too late. Now, uh, very quickly, there's a little book that we've been mentioning a fair bit on the show called Palpable Discord, which seems very appropriate for the show tonight. Um, Clayton, it's it's by you, isn't it? It is by me, and sadly, it looks like I'll be doing Powerful Discord 2 I next know. year at this rate. Um, yep, no, it's available on Amazon. It's a story of last year. Um, and It's a uh, love story, really, isn't it? It's a love story, love letter to Jose, etc., etc. Um, it's available on Amazon, uh, ebook or paperback, or you can get a signed copy on the stall, CFC UK yep. stall. And have you ever seen about CFC UK? I'm going to embarrass you now because I I can. Because on my desk, Mm. I've got my personal copy Mm. of Palpable Discord. Mm. Mm. And do you know what it says in there? It's lovely. It says, To Chidge. I think it says, It's either my mentalist or my mentor. I think it's my mentor. It says mentor. Isn't that lovely? I just. Oh, you think I'm taking the piss here? I was really touched when I read that. Well, I just expected. I do, to do, I do a like scroll. to touch you every now and again, Chich. Ooh, misses. I think we no, should misses, move on. Yeah, I have read it. I've read most of it actually. I haven't read it, quite finished it, but it is a cracker. So go out and buy it. It's only six ninety five from Amazon or Gate Seventeen, as Clayton said. And if you go to the stall, you'll get a signed copy. And I have to say, actually, um, you know, either I think Clayton's either prepared for this manfully by practicing his signature two thousand times in preparation for his first book. Or he's just naturally got a very lovely looking signature because it was very professional and it was legible, which is the darn sight more than mine is. Um, talking of uh, of stuff that's worth reading, uh, of course, you can still get the uh, latest copy of CFC UK um, by the, uh, you know, outside of the, uh, the C- well, at the CFC UK store opposite Fulham Broadway. Um, and you can get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net uh, if you're in the USA uh, or, or follow at cfcukusa. Uh, or get in touch with Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore. Now, I'm afraid uh, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, I am now officially uh, off on holiday. I will be when I put the bloody show up in about an hour's time. I will be officially on holiday where I am going to Calgary and Montana. Uh, So uh, we won't be back until Monday the 17th when I hope to report back on all Chelsea's problems having been solved and sitting near the top of the table dream on uh failing that we'll be talking about the leicester match uh at least they're a team we we look like we can beat um 
Now, I've got no idea who will be on with me because I haven't actually asked them yet. I, I, are, you, are you chaps available? I hope so. I'm free. I'm, to be. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free, Mr. What Humphreys. Okay. Monday the 17th. I'll check my diary. I will, I will endeavour sometime. you tease. I will endeavour sometime before I disappear on uh, Wednesday afternoon to email my usual lot or WhatsApp them or whatever. Because uh, we've got, oh, actually, Jonathan, we've got our own WhatsApp group now. You need to join that. It's a good communication tool. Blow up well, I've got it. I don't know how to use it, though. I've got it, though. It's on my phone. Somebody somebody educate them on how to use it. But anyway, I'll get in touch with, with everybody and hopefully I'll get a schedule up before I go. But we are going to be back on the 17th, as sure as eggs is eggs. Now... Also that week, I will be back with Kerry Dixon for another Chelsea Fancast preview show where we'll be looking ahead uh, head to the Man United game on the 23rd, October the 23rd, uh, at which point there will also be a Supporters Trust S- a special general meeting. So it'll be a very, very, very busy day for me. So make sure you give the Kerry and Chid show a listen on that preceding Friday. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stamford Chidge. Dan at Dan Silves. 73, Clayton at goalie 59, and Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd. With a and Y. Of course, Ch- with a Y, Chidge. Jonathan Kidd with Jonathan a Y. Kidd with a y. Yeah. Jonathan Kidd with a Y. Jonathan Kide. Not Kiddy, but Kide. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And by the that way, really... uh, uh, I've got to apologise for having pronounced uh, Chaloba. Chaloba. I'm so apologise. I've got it wrong. It's Chaloba Loba. Yeah. Um, yeah, where was I? Yes. Oh, yes. Follow Jonathan at Jonathan Kide. And of course, check out the website ChelseaFanCast.com. And Dan, you have an announcement to make about uh, Chicago, yeah, just, my kind of town. Just very quickly, um, a very talented Vince Wolf, who's Brian's father from the Chicago <laughs> bunch. They, um, he's drawn a fantastic picture of Sophie Rose, which they're auctioning for part of the Players Trust and for the Chicago Blues chapter to raise some money. So if you go to ChelseaChicago.com and place a bid, that'd be fantastic. It's an amazing piece of work, and they hope to raise some good money for the players' trust and for themselves. Well, how about that? Sounds yeah. groovy. All right, guys. Um, it's been a blast tonight. If a bit, a little bit moany, a little bit ranty, a little bit nappy-shitting in places, no doubt, although Tony seems to have said it was more like constructive criticism, so we got away with that. Uh, thank you also, everybody in Mixler, A, for listening in and being lovely, because you always are. Um, but B, uh, for your lovely comments about wishing me a lovely, lovely holiday. Uh, I, I am seriously going to enjoy It's the first holiday I've had since 2011, the beginning of our Champions League run, in fact, because I was out in Australia in October. Okay, and then I came back and then we won the European Cup. So let's hope we'll do Oh, we can't do it this year, can we? Because we're not in it. You know what I mean. It's a long time since I've had a holiday. Clearly, I bloody need one. But anyway, many thanks to my fantastic guests this week who have been Jonathan Kidd. Do it. They have been Dan Silver. Thank you. Good night and have a fantastic holiday. I will, mate. And they have been the fabulous, uh, well-known, superb Chelsea author, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Uh, What Dan said. Have a good one, mate. Yeah, you too. Uh, And you lot in Mixer, thank you so much. I shall miss you while I'm away. Um, If anybody who listens to this show happens to be in uh, Calgary or somewhere in Montana, then uh, come and have a beer with me. Just let me know if you're there. Uh, The chances of that happening are remote, I think. But there you go. Okay, many thanks to my guests, as I said. For you lot for listening. Uh, See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills!
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.